Moving on to our next segment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us human beings as social creatures. Where we speak to one another, we listen to one another, we invest emotionally with others. Why? Because each and every single one of us are part of a building block that strengthens our society. And one of the main aspects that holds our society together is the relationships that we enjoy with one another without which society will fall into chaos and society will eventually fall. And this is the message of the Qur'an. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights the importance or enjoins upon us to worship Him by saying, Allah, Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wala tushriku bihi shay'a. Don't ascribe any partners to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala follows this up, follows this command up by saying, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا That Zakaria Qasim, Muhammad Adil, be good to your parents. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا وَبِذِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْيَتَامَى وَالْمَسَاكِينَ Be good to your relatives. Be good to your orphans. Be good to those who are destitute. وَالْجَارِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْجَارِ الْجُنُبِ Your neighbors that you live with. Fulfill their rights. Be kind to them. Be good to them. Allah didn't qualify the statement by saying if they are Muslim, then be good. If they are non-Muslim, then don't be good. No, Allah left it general. Be good to all your neighbors. Whether your neighbors are your relatives or not, or they are a stranger to you or not, be good to all of them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places an importance uh, and He highlights the importance of worshipping Him and together with that He also highlights the importance of us building a relationship with these various groups in society. So inshallah ta'ala to elaborate further on this, I would like to now call upon Mawlana Salman Kaji Hafidhahullah ta'ala. Mawlana Salman is an individual, mashallah, he plays an active role in the Muslim community of Stanger. He serves as an imam, a community leader, as well as uh, he is a welfare officer. And he is especially passionate about empowering and uplifting the youth of this ummah. We say, فَلْيَتَفَضَّلْ mashkura, And we now hand over uh, the mic to Mawlana Salman. Kaji Hafidhahullah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <coughs> Relax, you must do salam. <coughs> you can be a little louder. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I should be tired. I drove all the way from Stenga. Unless you drove longer than I did. MashaAllah. <coughs> Crack a smile, boys. Smile louder. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الكريم أما بعد. In the introduction to this segment, Mulana had highlighted a very very important verse of the Quran. But before I get there, I want to tell you a story of a Musalli who stopped coming to the masjid, and the Imam noticed that it's been a few days this Musalli has stopped coming to the masjid so he decided to visit him like a good companion and a good brother would do 
visit someone who hasn't, he hasn't seen in a long time. So he visits him on a cold winter's evening and he finds that the fire is burning to keep warm. So after exchanging the customary greetings, the Imam sits in front of the fire, he picks up the tongue and he removes one coal from the fire. He places it to the side. So this coal is placed to the side, it begins losing its color, it's losing its warmth, and in a few moments it is dead cold. There's still no conversation between the Imam and the Musalli. He has a drink of what was placed in front of him. He wakes up and he's about to leave. As he's about to leave, he picks the dead ember, the dead coal with his bare hands and he places it back into the fire. No sooner did he place it back into the fire, within seconds this dead coal began raging with heat and fire as though there was a conflagration within this coal from nothing to something just by coming back into this fire. As the Imam walked out, the Musalli said, Jazakallah for the visit and thank you for the fiery speech. I'll be back tomorrow morning at Fajr Salah. What he was highlighting is that, that you by yourself, you cannot operate on your own. You have to be working together. You have to be in a group of people. This flame of Iman within us will be further fueled when we build and maintain those relationships that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has encouraged us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed us. So the very opening and the founding statement of this segment is that Allah has created us as social creatures. Not like a bear who rushes to solitude. Not like a wolf that is known as a lone ranger. Not like a platypus, for those of you who know what's a platypus, or you've seen what's a platypus. Well, let me ask a question. How do you spell the word platypus? Anyone? It doesn't count for your points. So, the platypus is this aquatic animal that's found in Australia, and it very hurriedly rushes to the banks of the riverbed to, the, to burrow itself and nestle itself here. So much so that the mother spends the least amount of time with the young, with the child, and then she leaves the child by itself to fend for itself. Why? Because this is an animal that Allah created with the temperament of solitude. But we as human beings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us to live within a society. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us such that we are going to come into contact with people on a daily basis. From the time you open your eyes to the time you go to sleep, be it at school, be it at work, be it at home, you have to speak to people. There's no way that you can function in a day without speaking to people. The husband and wife that evening had an argument and decided that they are not going to speak to each other. So that evening he wrote a note. He wrote a note and he stuck it on the fridge. 
wake me up at 4.30 a.m. for my flight. And the next morning he wakes up and it's 7 a.m. Very angrily, he rushes to the kitchen to search for his wife and she finds a note on the fridge, wake up, it's 4.30 a.m. So, there has to be communication. There has to be this relationship that you would have with people around you. To what extent that will be governed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as you will see a little later on. The cornerstone of our discussion is this verse of the Quran that was highlighted, وَعَبُدُ اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا until the end of the verse. Allah first highlights that your relationship must be strengthened with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is strong, when your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is cemented, then you will know where to direct the rest of your energies. Man aslaha ma baynahu wa Allah. That when you ensure that your relationship, that you see every morning when you wake up, there's something that happens between you and Allah. It's either you are getting closer to Allah, or it's either that you are turning further away from Allah. When you wake up in the morning and you recite your dua, you've taken steps closer to Allah. Steps that you cannot see. I asked you this morning when you came into the masjid, did you feel yourself taking a step closer to Allah? Yes, maybe. It was a good feeling when you came into the masjid. Masjid al-Salam, the masjid of peace, mashallah. So, but you didn't see yourself physically climbing and ascending a ladder closer to Allah. But it happened to you. So, when you do something good for the pleasure of Allah, then what is going to happen? You are going to get a step closer to Allah. So, man aslaha ma baynahu wa bayna Allah, that when you take these steps, getting closer to Allah, then Allah will ensure that you take the right steps to the people around you. Allah will ensure that you take the right steps to the people around you. That you will not fall into the traps of enemies. You will not fall into the traps of people who will be there to beguile you. You will not fall into the traps of people who are there to deceive you and do you down. Aslaha ma baynahu wa bayna abdihi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide the rest of your relationships. So, this relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm going to tell you another incident very quickly. Sultan Mahmud Ghaznawi. He was the governor of what was then known as Balkh. Modern day it is known as Balkh. Anyone? Modern day? Modern day Afghanistan. Okay. So, Sultan Mahmud Ghaznawi was the governor of the historically known area of Balkh. He had a special attendant by the name of Ayaz. The rest of his ministers ask that why is it that Ayaz is so special to you? Whereas we have studied, we are your royal courtiers, your ministers. He said, let me illustrate. This evening, all of you come to the royal chambers and just like you are all here in Masjid Salam, and pay attention to every presentation because at the end of the presentation, there's a Hajj savings waiting for you. So now, from the first presentation, some of you are already lending your ear a little more attentively. And I can see some of you have already taken out your notebooks. So you are preparing for that which is to come at the end of the segment. So Sultan Mahmud said that prepare for the end of the competition. 
The competition is that when I switch off the lamps and the lanterns, you will touch whatever you want in the palace. And whatever you touch becomes yours. So they thought of it as a very easy challenge, that whatever I touch will become mine's. He says, when I switch on the lamps and the lanterns, you will return with whatever you've touched and you can have it. So these courtiers think to themselves that we are in and out of the palace all the time. We know the ins and outs. We know where everything is stored and kept. These people, when the lights and the lamps are switched off, they run and rush towards the different rooms. Some went for the gold, some went for the food, some went for the precious stones, the emeralds, the rubies, etc. But Ayaz was nowhere to be seen in none of those rooms. When the lamps and the lanterns were switched on, he summoned everyone and he said, Bring your loot. In South African language, you'll understand it. Bring your loot. So they bring their loot in front of the king. And he says that, what have you brought? He's asking the question. The answers are given. So many kilos of gold, so many pieces of, uh, you know, these precious stones, etc. So they say that, you know, you've given us the opportunity to choose whatever we want. But look at Ayaz, he hasn't chosen anything. Ayaz just had his hand on the shoulder of the king. So Sultan Mahmud said, Ayaz, now it's your turn to speak. He said, my fellow friends, whilst you were busy gathering the possessions of the king, I had gathered the king by myself. Whatever the king owns becomes mine. Therefore, all of you are now my possession as well. When we have Allah on our side, we have the rest of the creation of our side. We have the rest of the world that will be subservient to us. When we have Allah on our side, we have nothing to fear. So this is the first relationship that we must cement. This is the first relationship that we must ensure we give utmost importance to. How do we learn about cementing this relationship? On a daily basis, we have our ulama which we interact with. We speak about the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We speak to others about the greatness of Allah. We ponder over the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And most importantly, we filter our intentions before doing any actions. We do our actions solely and only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is so far as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first being that would come into existence, the first being of existence in our life. Now moving on very briefly, we have human beings. Every morning when you wake up, who is it that you are going to love the most? Who is it that you are going to want to be with the most? That every morning you wake up, there's something and there's someone that's on your mind. It's either something which is going to happen for the day, which tonight, maybe at 9 p.m., we know. So it's, it's there, it's in the back of our mind, okay? May have got the time wrong. But it's there, it's at the back of our mind. And we know that this weekend, it's, you know, heading for the final, the final run. So there's something that is motivating us. And then there is someone that is motivating us. Someone behind this activity that is motivating us. So Allah now guides and governs our minds that 
Who is it that would be first in your relationship that you are going to build? And what is it that you are going to build? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the first group of the first category of human beings with whom you would build this great relationship and you will nourish this relationship is none other than your parents. Your parents are irreplaceable. Your parents are those individuals in your life whom you may work your entire life for but you will never be able to repay. Your parents are those beings without whom you would, out have, you would not have been here today. Your parents are those people you owe everything to. Your parents are your parents. There's no better way to describe it than saying, my father is my father, my mother is my mother. Ask those who have lost their parents that and each and every one of us are children to our parents no matter how big, no matter how old, no matter how academically qualified we are, our parents are still our parents. We are still the children of our parents. Ask those children who have lost their parents. Our dear friend Mawlana Shakir is with us today. MashaAllah. Assalamu alaikum Mawlana. So happy to see you. Mawlana lost his father approximately a year back. I remember that may Allah fill his qabr with nur, may Allah elevate his stage, status in Jannah. I remember very, very vividly reading the texts of Mawlana for one entire month, recalling all of the good qualities of the father. Now ask the same individual who has lost the father. You may cry tears of blood, but you will never be able to live that one moment with your parent again in this world. My dear friends, do not trivialize a moment with your parents. Do not allow that moment to pass. There are so many rewards. And you know, I don't want to make that the cornerstone of my bayan speaking about parents. But just one incident here as well. The incident of, very famous incident, all of you may have heard this incident of Mrs. Maryam. Now why I'm speaking about different categories of relationships because Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Treat people according to their ranks. With your parents, it is a, 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 a relationship of respect, it is a relationship of reverence, honor, and to a certain degree casual. With your friends, it is casual, it is less formal, and there is a little form of respect. With your teachers, it is respect, respect, respect. So there's different levels, uh, you know, on which you will interact with people. Anzilun nasa manazila. So the teacher, the name of the teacher is Mrs. Maryam. She walks into school, fifth grade teacher, the learners in her class approximately 10 or 11 years old. She walks into the class and she says, class, assalamu alaikum. I am going to love each and every one of you this year equally. She says that by admission of her tongue, but in the deepest recess of her heart, she sees young Tahir Sulaiman seated in front of her. And she thinks to herself that how can I love this child equally to the rest? He is sloppy, he is sleepy, he is unkempt, he is disheveled. So she thinks to herself that there will be some disparity when it comes to my love for my children. But as is customary, the teacher has to go through the profile of all of the learners. 
what happened in the first grade, what happened in the second grade, what happened in the third grade. And she places the profile of Tahir at the complete, at the bottom of the stack. But alas, when she opens the profile of Tahir, she reads, first grade report, Tahir is a pleasant learner. He comes to school with a radiant smile and he is a very, very, and he is a top achiever academically. Second grade, Tahir's grades are dropping owing to the illness of his mother. Third grade, Tahir is coming unkempt to school owing to the death of his mother. Fourth grade, his grades have dropped, his morale has dropped, he lacks confidence because there's little to no effort being made by the father. When Mrs. Maryam seen this, she knew that immediately there's a missing component in the life of this boy. The missing component was the mother. She played that mother figure to him in the classroom. She gave extra attention to him. I'm going to love all my children equally, but I'm going to love little Tahir a little more. And that year she gave Tahir the little more attention that he deserved. With the result that at the end of that year, Tahir was the top achiever of his class. At the time of Eid, all of the children brought gifts for the teacher. Beautifully wrapped gifts, except for that of Tahir, which was very, very unkempt in its uh, presentation. Tahir opened, the, the teacher opens the gift, a beautiful bracelet, few stones missing, a cologne, a perfume, few drops left in the bottle. Tahir notices that the teacher places on the bracelet and she puts on a few, a few drops, she, she, she sprays a few drops of this cologne. At the end of the day, Tahir waits for the rest of the school to go, to leave. And she says, oh my teacher, today you have pleased me because it is two years since someone has given me the smell and the fragrance of my mother. Today I felt like my mom was with me. And this doesn't end here. Four years later, Tahir graduates. Mrs. Maryam, I've graduated as the Dux awardee of my school. You are still my favorite and best teacher. Six years later, he graduates as a medical doctor. This year I have graduated as a medical doctor. And summa cum laude, you are still my favorite and best teacher. Two years later, I have decided to pursue my studies. I am now Mr. So he, 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 he would sign as Mr. Tahir Suleiman, the highest he could be in the medical field. And he says, Mrs. Maryam, you are still my favorite and best teacher. The fascinating part about this incident, one year later, he writes a letter to Mrs. Maryam. And he says, Mrs. Maryam, I have met the girl of my dreams and soon would be our wedding. My father has passed on. I was wondering if you would take the liberty of being my stand-in mum at my wedding. Immediately, Mrs. Maryam acceded to the request and when she appears at the wedding, she is the stand-in mum for Tahir, wearing the very same bracelet, donning the very same perfume, giving a hug to Tahir, fulfilling the role of the mother. You have the opportunity on a daily basis, number one, 
to make this impact on the lives of your parents. We said building this relationship with your parents, maintaining this relationship with your parents until their dying day. Along with this, my dear friends, we have many other groups of people that we come into contact with. Yes, our educators, our asatiza, our teachers, absolutely important. Our ulama, don't ever neglect, don't ever take it for granted that we have ulama around us and that we will always have this facility open to us. Choose an alim who's, with whom your heart connects and let this alim be the alim of your mashura. Let this alim be the cornerstone of your life. Then we have our friends. Our friends, absolutely important. The types of friends that you choose in this world will make the front of of your janazah. The type of friends that you choose in this world will make the front of of your janazah. And those who are in the front of of your janazah will be with you on the day of Qiyamah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba yawm al-qiyamah. On the day of Qiyamah, you will be with your friends, associates, and colleagues. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Al-akhillau yawma'idhin ba'dum li-ba'din aduun illa al-muttaqeen. On that day, you will turn your backs against each other, except those who came into contact for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever few words were said, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow it to be beneficial for me, for you, and for the entire ummah. We say, Jazakumullah, ahsan al